Hello everyone, welcome back to the Final Tackle Podcast and I'm joined by dual Grand Final winner. He won the 2003 Grand Final with the Penrith Panthers. He won the 2011 Grand Final with the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. He is Shane Rodney. Thanks for joining us here again. Last time you were with us, um, it was for the charity live stream and whatnot, but now this is a, just a one-on-one um, talking about your career and everything like that. Are you ready to go? I am, CJ. Yeah, thanks for having me back on, mate. Yeah, no uh, Looking forward to having a chat. First of all, uh, what was it like growing up um, in Tamworth and whatnot, you know, and your grassroots sort of stuff? Mate, um, yeah, Tamworth, um, you know, big country town. Um, that's where I started my my, my footy. Um, I, I moved to Sydney when I was quite young. Um, but, yeah, fond memories of, you know, obviously starting school and, and football in Tamworth. Um and still, you know, have a, a little bit of attachment there to the to the country. Um, you know, I head out out bush whenever I can. Um, but yeah, the is obviously a, yeah, a really good place to yeah just to start off my, my footy. A little bit of a chinwag about your grand finals in the NRL. The first one was in two thousand and three with the Penrith Panthers, mate. A year in or a year and a half really into your first grade um, first grade playing. What was it like? Um, going in and winning your first grand final that you'd ever played in in first grade mate it was um yeah it was a, a little bit of a whirlwind um to be honest um it, it did happen quite quick um mm-hmm. second full season you know in the nrl um i was only i was 20 at the time um i you know i'd come through the juniors with a with a really good bunch of of local juniors um at penrith at the time yeah, uh, like Luke Clinton, Lewis, Luke Rooney, Luke Rooney Joel, yeah, Joel Clinton, yeah, Luke Swain, yep. uh, goes on. Danny Galea, Steve Turner, Frank Pritchard. So there's a really good core group of young blokes, plus some obviously the older guys you know, around the club, um, yep. the Paul Tour brothers, Craig Gower, Ron Girdler, Scott Sattler. So yeah, just uh, mate, we had a, a really good yeah mix of young guys and, and some older um, players there, older experience. Uh, players and it and um, yeah, like it happened quite quick. Uh, people sort of didn't expect us to go as well as we did in 2003 on the back of the poor 2002 season. Well, um, not just that, but, but you guys were on the bottom of the ladder in round two in in 2003. You know, so it was yeah. such a shock to see you guys get there. I mean, don't get me wrong; it was great to see you guys get there. You know, but it was also a going from bottom of the ladder to grand finalists, let alone grand final winners in the same season is almost unheard of. You could say. Sorry, continue. It, it, it was, yeah, right. It was. Um, so to start from from that, and I think uh, as as the season progressed and we started, you know, knocking some of the bigger scalps off, um, you know, the, in the locker room, we got a lot of confidence, and and we felt like you know we were you know could possibly do something that season, um, and it was good because we were still flying under the radar a bit. Um, but with the if I don't go to the young guys, we you know, we didn't have many scars of you know having too many poor seasons in in the top grade so we are you know as juniors we always had a fair bit of success so yep. um you know we just sort of you know didn't have an arrogance but um you know we you know we, we knew that we were um you know capable of beating anyone on the day and so we weren't we weren't afraid of playing anyone either yep. and so i think that started to rub off too on on some of the older guys in the squad also and 
what was it like when that final siren went or you could say really in the last minute or two when you guys reali- realised that you've got it one, you know, and then the presentation was that? Right, uh, well, looking, looking back, um, you, you sort of for, you forget bits and pieces of it, but I, I, you know, I've watched plenty of footage of it and um, it's, it's, a, it's a hard feeling to describe because yeah, everyone works so hard to, to try and win a, a premiership and to actually, to actually have it, you know, Come true, um, and you know, and the realization that you're about to win it, um, it's a you know, sort of a surreal feeling, I suppose. Uh, especially in the dying stages when the game's still going, but you know you've won. Uh, you know the excitement's building, and you, you know, you've worked so hard to, to achieve something, and it's um, it takes a, a little while to actually sink in. Um, you know, there's stages probably in the game with different turning points, um, you know, which it might have gone a different way. Um, the game. Um, but yeah, you know, we always had yeah you know, full confidence that we'd, we'd get the job done. I know you've spoken to to Sats, and he tells everybody can about his tackle he made. Uh, I, which, I, and, I, know, and I spoke it, to Toddy Byrne uh, two days ago, who was on the receiving end of that tackle. So that's right, and yeah. he's and uh, he's he's got plenty of stick over that too. I think uh, he has. Yeah, you know, <laughs> over over the years, he looked like he was on a treadmill before, but he uh, he was ankle tapped by Luke Lewis as well, which slowed him up. Yep. Um, so then Sats, you know, Sats come across and. And got him, but there were different things through the game, um, you know, which you know all sort of come together. Uh, for myself, um, uh, I started. I come on in the back row, and then late in the game, Ryan Girdler tore a calf with about yep. I think it was about tw- twenty minutes to go, twenty five minutes to go, um, and I so I got thrown out there in the centres. So oh, wow. you know, L- Langie said, "Just go out there and defend. That's all you got to do is just defend." So um, you know, that was. I remember going back out for that. And that was a little bit daunting, you know, thinking, geez, I can't let, you know, let anyone down here. Um, and thankfully, um, you know, they didn't didn't actually come down that, that way too much. Um, being a wet night, it might have it might have helped a little bit. Um, yeah, definitely. It, that was, yeah, the, that was a, a very, very wet night because I re-watched that grand final a few days ago on the NRL TV website. And yeah, like obviously, like everyone remembers, it was raining, but I don't think people realise how actually wet it was because I re- I watched it and it was it was pretty much bucketing down the entire game, not just not just drips and drops for ten minutes of time, but the whole game. It was pretty much slip and slide, really. Yeah, it was, mate. It was it was torrential, um, and I but it was it was actually a high quality game of footy. Oh, I think some stats. Some stats which were pulled up after the game, they said it was you know, high completions and and just as intense as the, as the origin from that year. So it was um, you know there wasn't a lot of errors um, and you know we were we were lucky enough to you know some big plays like I said, Sats's tackle, um, Luke Curtis playing out of his skin, setting up them tries, um, you know just sort of just come together for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, and switching over to your second grand final that you won, it was with Manly. It was quite a few years later compared from 03 all the way over to 2011, which you, fun fact to everyone who may not know, you actually won the grand, that grand final as well with uh, Penrith Panthers 03 teammate in Joe Nullivau. Um What was it like winning, first of all, a second grand final, which is a massive feat regardless, let alone to win one. Some people don't win any in their career and you managed to win two. What was it like winning the second one? Was it just as sweet or do you think maybe you had a, a, a bigger appreciation of the moment because you'd played for quite a few years by that point sort of thing? Um, t- tell us about that. Yeah, well, um, yeah, second one, very, very fortunate enough to, to, you know, to win two premierships. But the second one, 
I probably did appreciate a little bit more. Not that I didn't appreciate. Yeah, no, no. Uh, the yeah, sorry, one. sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to mean that either to the fans. Anyone who's listening. No, no. I just, yeah. <laughs> no, I know that. I just want to explain that. Yeah, because I, uh, yeah, being so young in the first, um, and you, you think it's going to happen all the time. Um, you know, we, you go in your second season in, you win a comp. You think, oh, this is, yeah, you know, this, this will happen. <laughs> and 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 then another, yeah, you know, eight years went by. Um, before I got the, got the chance again, so you, you learn to realise, um, and which you know, looking back on the 2003, you look at some of the older blokes you had in the squad, and you could see the emotion on them, at, you know, because they'd been through basically their whole career without that feeling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you do sort of you soak it in a bit more, I guess. Um, but again, the same sort of feelings, um, knowing, you know, knowing that you that you're going to win the game. Um, I think the whole season, um, you know, it's sort of sort of come together for us. We had our, our challenges through the year, suspensions and people yeah, you know, people injured. Um, I missed the first part of the season myself, um, uh, through injury. Uh, I was coming back from a knee reconstruction from the from the two thousand and ten season. Yep. Um, so yeah, just again, um, being part of a really good team and there's some there's some great players in that Manly squad. So I was lucky enough to yeah, you know, to play alongside some of them and um, Again, game, game day. Um, we went into that game and we had a feeling, again, it wasn't arrogance, but we, we sort of felt you, like, you know, you just we, like we weren't going to be beaten. Yeah, it was going to be our just, day. We know we're going to win, you know. There's there's no ifs or buts about it. You just, you went there to win. You guys knew you were going to win and you, you just, you got the job done sort of thing. Yeah, and that's right. And it, and, and it, it, it happened like that. Yeah. Um, you know, you said about Joey. Joey, um you know, we were apart for a few years. When Joe left Penrith, he, he went on to South and Parramatta, and, um, and then I you know, ended up going to Manly, and then he found his way there as well. So it was good team back up with uh, you know with an old teammate, and um, you know, I was picking up the training too. We we travelled together training, and yep. um, so it was really good having you know, him around, and you know, especially you know we talked about the yeah you know, obviously 2003, and then you know get to do it again in 2011. Um, so it was just a you know really good. Um, yeah, really good experience. And I probably did, you know, going back to it, um, you know, cherish that one a little bit more just for the fact that I, I finally realised what the older guys were telling me at Penrith, how hard they are to um, to actually win. Well, yeah, and, considering you know, it was eight years between drinks of you winning your first one to winning your your, your, your second grand final when it was eight years, that's some, that's some players' full career length is eight years sort of thing. Yeah, and that's right. And you know, if I just jump back to the... 2003. That was yeah, one thing that John Lang, John Lang actually mentioned that mate. He he was drumming that up all the time to us young guys about you know to really enjoy the week um, because it doesn't come around that often. And he he you know obviously Andrew Reddinghouse and uh, John coached at Cronulla and he played I think it was 17 years with no grand finals. Um, he, he made it to one in '97, but they were Super League. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so he yeah, he just you know made us realise you know. Make, make the most of your opportunities because you might not be in a grand final again, so I'll enjoy it. Um, and, you know, so I, I took that on board as, as well when we you know, very young. But, you know, appreciate, you, know, you do appreciate it. But, you know, I, I, I certainly learned how hard they are to, you know, to come by as the years went on. Yeah, no, no, that's fair enough. And agreed because, <coughs> as you just mentioned, some are blessed with grand finals, such as... Um, you know, Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith, you know, they're, they're blessed with grand final opportunities. And some, such as, you know, Andrew Eddinghausen plays 17 years. I, some, obviously, he reached one, but sometimes they don't reach any. Um, 
And let, let's get back to talking to some of your stories that you may have. Um, out of all the clubs you played for, Penrith Panthers, Manly, and London Broncos, who would be the standout larrikin that you can just remember, like that you remember that there was never not a funny moment that they were doing when you know when it was at training or you know on the road or whatever. Ah, oh, mate, who are Probably pick yeah. Like I said, Luke Lewis. He's definitely he's definitely one. Yep. Joel Clinton. Yeah, you know, you've spoken to, to Joel. Yes, uh, I have. Yep. He was one also. I, I grew up with Joel. He actually lived with with me when I was a young bloke for for a while. Oh um, wow! So we come same junior club in school and. Um, was that Riverstone? Yeah, we travelled together too. Yeah, yeah. So we were travelling. We'd um, you know, we were travelling partners too early on at Penrith. Um, oh wow! So yeah, he's a he's a he's a good he's a really good seller and you know, good good to have around. Um, Trent Waterhouse, uh, another one, uh, another yeah, another good fella. Uh, mate, this, this, this goes on. Um, uh, that Manly, it, it, you know, there's, there's a few characters there too. Um, obviously, Stuart Brothers, um, Jockey Watmow. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. They have their they have their quirks, but they're all yeah yeah they're all they're all good people. Um, probably the yeah the one funny character would be Dez. Dez uh, really. Yeah, he um, he, he always comes across serious, but he's um, you know, he's 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 quite a uh, he, uh, quite quite a character. He's, you know, he thinks he's a prankster anyway. So it's... <laughs> wow, I, you wouldn't have picked that because, as you said, he comes off across as very serious. You know, very very straight faced about everything. You know, he's you could almost say he's like um, Wayne Bennett two point You know, rarely smiles if that when it comes to media and whatnot. But wow. Um, and touching on, I've got, um, to, I've, got, I've got one for us. So I've got a, uh, you know, back in the early early two thousands, and mobiles weren't, yeah, you know, they'd been around for a while. Yeah, but yep. It was, yeah, you know, small, not not your iPhones. Um, yeah, the one, the old Nokia. So we ones. used to get, we we'd have a video session. So, um, with panel, so John Lane coach, mm-hmm. we'd sit in there. So, um, Myself and a couple of the boys would take turns at ringing Langy, and he'd never have his phone turned off. It was always on, so he'd be he'd be about to start. So then we'd ring, and then we'd hang up. And I thought, sorry boys, sorry boys, and he phone would ring. We'd hang up. We'd have a little giggle at the back, and then again the next person would do it, and then he and then he yeah three or four times in he he yeah the f bomb would go and he'd he'd lose his <laughs> lose his shit. You, you blokes. Um, <laughs> That was an easy get. So, touching on your time in the Super League, you played for the London Broncos over in the UK. What was it like going from Australia in the NRL? Obviously, you know um, the heat, the the everything else. Going over to you could say the the rain and drizzlies over in the UK and the type of game that they play there. uh, It's a it's a different experience. Um, Yeah, it's colder, it's wet, um, so it's a different game. It's it's played. It's it's a uh, it's it's a seasonal game really because it starts off the first few months. Um, you know, it's a bit slower. It's cold. It's wet. The grounds are a bit boggy. Um, come you know, sort of around April May, the fields are really dry and and it becomes a you know, a really fast style of football. Um, yeah. yeah. So because they play it in summer, you know, basically because they run it along the NRL comp where it's our winter, but it's their summer at the same at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's correct. So mm-hmm. yeah, they. They're, they're opposite. So they start, you know, your pre-season, you're starting, um, you know, it's you know, rain, snow. Um, most of the time you can't get on the fields because the fields are frozen. Um, so you train either, you train indoors or in, on synthetic ovals over there. Yep. Um, 
so that's that's a challenge. That was something that you know, I was a bit shocked at when, when we first went. Um, but then the, you know, once you start playing, it, it, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I do notice that was that was the main thing that stood out. That's it's you know the the two really different um, you know seasons in one footy season. Once you know the once the, once the cold stops and the sun comes out and it all dries up, um, this, 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 the style of footy completely changes. Yeah, um, it goes from one extreme they, they to play the other. Real, yeah, like they play with, a real attacking, real yeah. attacking style of footy. Yeah, whereas it's more on, on the defensive because um, like it's more you could say for lack of a better term sloppy at the start of the season, but like kind of like as if it were to be a, a, a bucketing rain game in the NRL sort of thing. There's just, no, there's nothing but ball handling errors and everything in between. And you're really, you know, looking at a low scoring game at the, at the start of, um, at the start of the season sort of thing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's an enjoyable, um, yeah, enjoyable game. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. Especially yeah, once it, you know, it wasn't so much for, for me. I was in London, like you said, and we uh, we we used to get beat most weekends, so that wasn't fun. But the you know the different styles of footy they played, um, yeah, it's yeah it's quite. Especially once that sun, like I said, when the sun comes out midway through the year, um, uh, yeah, it's a different. It is a different style of footy. I'm not sure whether you know they'll ever catch up to you know to the NRL. Um, yeah, we. We've got a lot of good players in the, in the NRL, um, and they've got some, they've got some good teams there, um, which you can teams. see. Um, but I just if they were playing regularly in our competition, you know, they might they they might you know bridge that gap a little bit. But across the board, um, you know, obviously it's not the same quality of game, but still, uh, you know, it's a really good experience. Um, players are still doing it now. They're still you see a player going over to. You know, experience living in a you know, different country and and now they've and even got, in the Super League. and now you've even got Sticky and and other clubs um, bringing the Brits over to here. You know, like the Burgess boys, uh, George Williams, Josh Hodgson, um, all those big names. You know, even James Graham and whatnot. Um, they're coming over, um, having a crack in the NRL, making it. You know, and I think it's great. Um, but yeah, I agree that the Super League isn't necessarily. Um, on par with the NRL, like in skill and and all that sort of stuff, and uh, like you said, I don't know or really think that they'll ever match that at any point. Um, but I do believe that they'll probably um, brain farting hard right now. Um, yeah, like uh, uh, I don't think they'll match it at any point. But I really do see um, there's you know there's things that the Super League does better than the NRL, and there's things the NRL does better than the Super League. Like, I believe that um, the Super League is a much more flowing, much more fast, faster-paced game in the sense of the, the flow of the game, whereas the NRL is much more stop-start, which I personally don't like. I personally prefer a much more flowing game. Kind of like back in the late, like mid to late 90s sort of style is what the Super League is very reminiscent of. Um, while still being policed with with certain rules, do you, do you agree with that, or as in in the sense of it's a lot yeah, more free flowing? Yeah, yeah, that's a fair comment. It is. It does. Yeah, it does flow a lot, a lot more than the the NRL. Um, I don't. I haven't. Yeah, you know, watched too much the last twelve months. I don't know if they've changed their rules to align with the with the NRL at all. But yeah, you know, whilst I was there, it was um, it was still the the one ref. Yeah, um, uh, it, yeah, it, it is still the one so ref, but they have so, um, they have changed one rule in the sense of they are now it, this season just started a few weeks ago. Um, they are now heavily policing the play the ball properly with the foot, 
Um, as I'm yeah. sure you know, back when you played, and even up until about last year, it didn't matter. You could literally just roll it through your legs if you wanted. But now they are actually, you know, penalizing the team if they don't play it with their foot, which I think is at least a good leap forward for the Super League. Yeah, and that that will help a lot because you do get, you know, it ends up like touch football with people getting up and just rolling the ball. Um, but one thing, you know, which probably did make it flow a lot more, the refereeing, the refereeing overall, the quality isn't isn't as good um, no, not, as no. the NRL. But they they make a decision and um, they just get on with the game. So whether exactly. it's a, a right a right decision or a wrong decision, the players know there's only one ref and he. If he makes a call, it's yeah, you might be happy with it, but everyone gets on with the game, and so the game. Yeah. Unless there's a genuinely questionable, yeah, unless there's a genuinely questionable call, you know, when the and the captain genuinely is like, no, you know, what's going on, sir, sort of thing, then yeah, hundred percent, the game is much more flowy in that respect, and I think the NRL could take a page out of that book, not necessarily scale it back to one ref. Um, which I am all for because they, the NRL obviously implemented the two referee, two referees system to try and eliminate the mis- the amount of mistakes. But I believe referees are human, so therefore it's going to make double the mistakes. Um, example: the grand final last year. <laughs> um, so yep. yeah, yeah. Um, well, you, I'm, could, I'm, you I'm, could even go. You could even go to. Um, we've just had the the NRL nine yes, play. Yes. Um, so speaking with some Penrith officials this week, they weren't mm-hmm. too happy that. They were robbed of a chance to, to play in a final. Well, that uh, try was, you know, they did, they didn't have the video refing on on for this because they couldn't uh, for the format. Uh, everyone bagged the video ref, but in that case, if they had a video ref, they would have got it right. But then yep. people aren't happy with the video ref either. So, you know, there's, there's pros and cons with it. And no one's ever going to be happy with with what it is. But yeah, going back to the original, um, the, the UK game does flow a lot better. It simply does, simply yeah. for them, yeah, them reasons, I think. Yes, and I, I agree tenfold. Um, and what was it like? Um, as as you've said, you've mentioned a bit of your time in the in the Super League playing wise. What was it like living over in the UK? You know, I'm, obviously it was a lot different, but like, to what extent was it different, sort of thing? Oh, obviously, obviously, yeah, you know, your climate's different. Uh, that's that's one thing. Once you get used to that, um, it's quite a novelty to start with. Um, you know, living somewhere else, you got the snow and you know the cold, so you constantly, you know, you're like an onion. You you leave the house and you and you get all the layers on, layers, and, you, yep. and, it, and it's only, um, you know, it's only cold between your, your house and your car, and when you get out of your car to walk into, yeah, you know, to wherever you're going. So, um, everything, every building's got heating over there. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's only in between. Um, unless you're outside, like we were on the training paddock of an early morning, and you feel like you, you know, your fingers, <laughs> your fingers are going to fall off. Um, but uh, it's a, it's a, re- it's a really good place. Um, you know, I would like to do a little bit more travel. Personally, we didn't get a chance to travel a great deal. Um, I, mm-hmm. I had uh, my, my wife, and um, we had one son when we moved over there, and then we had another. Uh, another boy was born there, so um, so does you know, that make two, him a two, British two young ones? Uh, no, oh, no, it okay. doesn't. It used to, yeah, not anymore. Um, they, they they stopped that um, apparently about twelve months before he was born oh, over there. Uh, so no, mate. As soon as he was born, we had to we had to get to the embassy and um, send all his documents back to to Australia to get his birth certificate. That's so interesting. Yeah, he got a certificate to say he was born in London. Um, but yeah, we had to get yeah, straight to the embassy to get all his paperwork sorted. Um, so now he's an uh, he's an Australian. So that would have yeah, 
uh, it would have been good if he could have floated, you know, later on with a dual passport, but uh, wasn't yeah. to be. Uh, but no, really, yeah, really good place. London, if you're, if you're living in the UK, um, you know, London, it, it, it's the spot to live. Um, rugby league-wise, you probably want to be more more north as London's suited to, you know, it's traditionally rugby union football, and, and football soccer, union, football. Yep. Yeah. No, fair enough. Um and my friend who is actually part of the podcast, he's just busy today. He's a massive Manly fan and he has to uh, and he want, wanted me to ask you the um Battle of Brookvale match in twenty eleven. Um the game yep. in which you got man of the match in that game, coincidentally, and you know, the fight between I think it was Glenn Stewart and Adam Blair and all that. What was uh, that was on the um sidelines and whatnot. What was that game like being in the cause watching it back and whatnot, it just seems like there was so much tension, so much, you know, pen, because obviously the history between Melbourne and Manly in the previous years in the 08 and, and the 07 Grand Finals and whatnot. What was it like that day at, the, at that game and all that? Yeah, well, it was, well you, you said the history, so it wasn't just that game. I think it had been building you know, for a while. Uh, when I first went, went to Manly, uh, you know, I was... Obviously, they played. They just played in two grand finals against against uh, Melbourne. So every time we we came up against them, it was it was drummed in early. It was it was like a grand final preparation that yeah. whole week. Um, you know, it was it was the one game which yeah, it, it's an easy one to get up for. Um, you know, you're always playing Melbourne, but yeah, you know, it was it was drummed in. Yeah, you know, not that you hate them, but um, you know, the rivalry was there, and you know. There's been there's he didn't want to yeah you know, he wouldn't want to lose yeah you know, anything so it rubs off on the players and so yeah I think it's been building for quite a while Adam Blair um, yeah I think he just yeah you know, great player he just gets that was his last game for Melbourne that was his last game for Melbourne because he got suspended for the rest okay. of the season ah there you go but well, yeah, he, sorry, uh, he um, yeah he, he's a, a great competitor like uh, you know a lot of great competitors they get under the skin of people quite yep. easily yep. And, they sledge a little um, bit you know that they, they, they are what yeah, make the game intense. it's been going back and forward back and forward and you could see it was you know, about to erupt and I, I was on the field i i uh, i was quite happy to take a breather to be honest when it happened <laughs> yep you I were like i'll let him, i'll head. let it happen so i can breathe yeah, yeah. yeah. and then i jogged up i jogged over towards towards the back end of it and see what was happening but it was like, it was uh I think it lit a fuse, yeah, mm-hmm. for the, for the rest of the season. And like we were having a good season at that point. Um, well, it was and, 2011. You guys, you ended up winning it. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, some of the boys got suspended from that. Uh, Glenn Stewart didn't play again no. until <laughs> till the grand final, I think it was. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was. You know, after that, we we uh, yeah we sort of yeah went on a bit of a run for the rest of the year, really. You could say so, yeah. Like because as, as I mentioned, um, Adam Blair didn't play for Melbourne ever again. In the sense of he was suspended for the rest of the season, um, and ended up signing with another club. But after that, and obviously Glenn Stewart didn't play again until I think the grand final or maybe the week before. One, one of those two. But he, yeah, it was a long time between. Yeah. You know that. Um, and yeah, as I said, Angus the podcast team member wanted me to ask you that on behalf of him because he's an avid you know one-eyed manly nut and he Although, who uh well brett stewart actually he tweaked them he he actually um he tweaked his medial running into the into the melee so he ran <laughs> in to help to help uh um, help his brother out glenn yeah help, help glenn out and he yeah, he's jumped and when he's landed he's actually twisted his knee oh. and he um 
I think he missed the following week because he strained his his medium. It was, uh, so it wasn't to do with it wasn't to do with the fight. It was just him jumping in the air and landing on the ground and twisting his knee. Oh. So that could have been it could have been a lot worse. Definitely could could have. Oh wow, shit! <coughs> oh far out. Um, oh that's about that about wraps it up. I'm just going to go with a few fun questions to finish it up. Um, how do you like your steak cooked? Uh medium, mate, for me. Yep. Um, yeah, me, not, I don't want too much blood and I don't like it overcooked, mate. Yeah, no, nah, agreed. I don't like it still mooing, but I don't like it tasting like a manhole cover. Um, uh, what's your beer of choice? I don't, I don't want to say Forex because I live in New South Wales. But <laughs> I don't, yeah. Forex is good. Forex, uh, <laughs> mate, one, 150 Lashes. Yeah, no, that's a good yeah, one. I'm a, yeah, I'm on the at the moment. 150 Lashes. Yeah, nice. Um, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be and why? Ooh, superpower. And that, that can be a, a, no, an obscure one? I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to know, I'd like to know what people are thinking. Because, you know, I, I don't, I never know what my wife's thinking. <laughs> or, yep. or, or my kids, or my kids for that matter. I'd like to know what's going on in their heads sometimes. Yep, no, fair enough. Um, what would be another fun question? If, if there was any... Um, gadget from a movie whether it's Men in Black you know the flashy eye thing or you know from Spy Kids or Spy Movies or anything like that what gadget do you wish was real? Ooh. I reckon the hoverboard from Back I, to the Future <laughs> Yeah or even mate, the, the Invisible Cloak what's that? Oh, that's that, that's Harry Potter but yeah for sure not? Nah that's Harry Potter that's not superhero I'll take that still, one mate You can say it's a gadget though Yeah yeah, yeah, I don't know, mate. If you stop me here, what's uh, there'll be plenty. Well, I mean, plenty it doesn't necessarily like. have to be. Oh, a men in black, yeah, erase yeah. people's memories. That would be a that would be a handy one occasionally. Oh, I mean, for sure, it'd be cool if you had like an embarrassing moment and then you just phew, flash up, flash up. Yeah, yeah hang on, just go, just go back on that one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nice. Any advice for youngsters that are trying to crack it in the in the big leagues? Oh, mate, if there's yeah, well, obviously youngsters. Um, I've got a couple of young boys myself, and I, I coach some footy too. So, um, yeah, number one, believe in yourself. Work hard. You, if you don't work hard, you know, you won't get anywhere. You know, that, that's in anything. So you've always, you know, head down, bum up, work hard. You know, and if, if you work hard enough, you know, things will start to fall into place for you. 100%. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Everyone who is listening at this to this episode, be sure to... Follow Shane on Instagram and whatnot and be sure to follow the NRL this year to see how the Panthers and Manly do. I want to thank you very much for joining us on the Final Tackle Podcast, Shane, and I will get you on at some point again throughout the NRL season of 2020. Not a problem, mate. Thank you very much for having me. 